0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Crosby in his face and swings him down at the 34. Crosby with his second sack of the game. It's Unnecessary Roughness.
1: If we get a bunch of guys on the same page that are bought in on winning, we do it for each other,
0: everybody's going to have success. Here's your boy Q.
1: And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness. And if you're just tuning in, you're saying, wait, wait, wait. Hour number three? What are you talking about? That's right. Three and a half hours long. We're three and a half hours strong. We're going on today's show. Started at noon. We're going to go up to 3.30. Take you up to Aces and Connecticut Sun. The tip-off is at 4 o'clock, but the broadcast will begin at 3.30 with TC Martin on the call right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So we've already talked to Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network, Gilbert Manzano from SI Now, Monday morning quarterback. Just had a conversation with David J. Roth from Defector, and we will be efforting Vinny Bonsignor to give us an update on how mandatory minicamp – got wrapped up this afternoon and they've had, they have one more little um, practice sessions I should say for uh, for OTAs which would be next week the 12th to the 15th. My gut feeling tells me that there will be no OTA on the 15th, but that again is just me. Of course we'll give you an update on that as we uh, as we find out. I threw out the question there and you can respond on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword RNR or you can call us at 702-365-9200 when we don't have a guest. What is the Raiders position of weakness right now? their position of strength right now, and who do you believe or what do you believe will be the Raiders' X factor as of right now? Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines from the Review Journal and, of course, the morning tailgate right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 is our good friend Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, thanks so much for making some time for us this afternoon as mandatory minicamp got wrapped up today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, Anything stand out to you kind of specific that maybe you didn't see yesterday when we were out there?
2: Um that's a good question. Uh, there's a lot there's definitely a lot going on and I felt like Aiden O'Connell had a really good day today. It's another good day uh for him and, and including a really nice throw that he made to uh to Trey Tucker in 11 on 11 that ended up going for a touchdown. Uh but it was what we were talking about kind of yesterday how they're utilizing uh some of these younger faster players and and it was about a 20 25 yard throw that hit Trey Tucker uh in stride and and he took it to the house so uh, I think the Raiders. That's that's you're probably going to be seeing. You know, quite a bit of that. The way they uh, are attacking opponents. Hunter Renfro was back out there today. I felt like he had a uh, a good day. I really like where the offensive line is uh, right now. Uh, Q. Um, you know, actually just doing a story about them, and this is an offensive line that started the year ranked 29th by PFF, Pro Football Focus. By the end of the year, P- Pro Football Focus had them ranked 10th. That was a pretty big jump uh, for them. You know, We talked to Andre James about this, I think it was yesterday. Um, They brought back the entire starting unit, plus all the key reserves. They've added a couple of guys through undrafted free agency. Uh, But as he said, he's never been in a situation with the Raiders where they brought back this many guys from one year to the next. And I think the familiarity, when you watch that group doing their work, the pace that they're working with, uh, it just feels like a more um, confident group, more settled in group. and what that means for the regular season we're gonna we're gonna see, but it sure would help uh, if they could protect you know uh, Jimmy G because we all know about his injury concerns. If they could keep him clean, that's gonna definitely go a long way toward keeping him healthy throughout the rest of the season.
1: I'm glad you brought up Andre James. We had an opportunity to talk to him on Monday at the Raiders roundtable, and JT brought up the point that he looked like he was in better condition, like he was just kind of ripped. Did you notice that when he spoke with you guys? And how big a year is this for Andre James?
2: Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, it is a big year for him. And, uh, you know, he's got a pretty decent number this year. I think it's $6 million uh, that he's going to be paid this year. That's what he's on the books for. I don't think it's guaranteed. I'd have to double check that, but um, but and you you know they, they they really do like Dylan Parham not just as a guard but as a potential center down the road and down the road could happen sooner rather than later. So uh, I think he he faces a pretty big year uh, to hold on to that job and solidify himself as the as the starting center moving forward, not just for this year but beyond. And I agree with you. He definitely did look better uh, and bigger and, and stronger, and that's that's one of the things when you cover an NFL team seeing how players change their bodies from one year to the next. And, and you know, there's a little bit of a tinkering that goes on and uh, how you can get through a season, what weight you need to be at. Um, does this work for you? Does that not work for you? Saw that with Divine Diablo. Obviously saw that with Chandler Jones uh, as well. and it's And it's interesting to me because the longer you're at this, the more you learn about yourself and the more you learn – What you need to do to get through a season, that's really what it's all about, is being able to stay strong, stay fit, and try to ward off as many injuries as possible by being in the best possible condition. And for every player, that might look a little bit different in terms of the weight and where you need to be at.
1: Vinny Bonsignore our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. You had mentioned earlier about Trey Tucker, and that's a name that I keep hearing. I know Lindsay and you have had many conversations on the morning tailgate. What are your thoughts on Trey Tucker? How involved
2: in the offense do you think he'll be this year? Yeah, well, that's a great question, and I'm not sure there's going to be a lot on his plate. I mean, obviously, injuries can, can play a factor into that, but I do get the feeling, um, you know, and a lot of this is going to be on him to learn the playbook and, and all that good stuff. Uh, but, but if that is the case, there's ways that they're going to be able to use him. And maybe early on uh, in his career, um, situationally. You know, you don't, he's not somebody that you're going to be throwing the ball to or giving the ball to a high-volume amount of times. But if you could figure out a way to get him six, seven touches per game, um, if he's rewarding that confidence with the knowledge of the offense and, and and all that goes into it, he's somebody that with the ball in his hands, you can see just watching him. Uh, out here that he knows what to do with it once the ball is in his hands and to be, um, you know, kind of a burst sort of a player. So I would imagine if he if he understands his playbook, um, you're probably going to see a little bit of Trey Tucker out there Again, not necessarily high volume, mm-hmm. but enough times during the course of the game where he can you know, maybe maybe make two or three big plays again.
1: You know, and that's the thing about it. And I, I said that the Raiders' uh, wide receiver room was the position of strength because it's so big, so large, and there's so many different styles of wide receiver right now. It feels to me, Vinny, like there's a lot of different options, a lot of different guys that bring different different elements to the table. How difficult is it going to be breaking down that room?
2: Yeah, uh, very, and that's a good problem to have. But you bring up a great point because I know every time we would report, you know, the Raiders signed uh, another wide receiver. You know, fans were kind of freaking out. But if you really, if you really looked at it, they were signing guys that did different things. You know, there was not many duplicates in that room. You can make a case that Trey Tucker and uh, and DeAndre Carter are similar, but I mean, when you look at the contract situation, DeAndre Carter is here for. One year, um, if he makes the team, which I fully expect him to do, but his future is uncertain. So, you know, that's now you have some backup for that for that type of a player. Uh, that, that that guy that you can get the ball to in a whole bunch of different ways helps you out in special teams in the passing game a little bit. Sometimes you pitch it to him or you know jet sweeps that type of thing. So, when you look at the wide receiver room, to your point, um, it's a lot of different types of players. Uh, and I think that the Raiders felt like they a had to get faster. More explosive on, on both sides of the ball, but certainly at wide receiver, uh, and 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 bring in guys that bring something different to the table. The key is going to be what does that group finally look uh, look like? What is what is you know how do they how do they um, uh, manage to maintain all that flexibility and different skill sets in the six or seven guys that they keep? We don't know how much uh, you know how many players they are going to keep, but when you have to build a fifty-three man roster, you can't keep everybody. So it'll be interesting to see how that finally shakes out in terms of who actually makes
1: the thing. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920, unnecessary roughness. just want to flip over to the defensive side of things. And, you know, me and you both saw Nate Hobbs and saw that defense yesterday and trying to make some plays out there, and they did make a few. But I came on the show today and said that Nate looked super fast yesterday, uh, especially on that kick return that he had. What have you seen from Nate? Does he look a little quicker to you as well?
2: Yeah, uh, without question. And that's another guy that uh, I saw him – uh, I think it was, a, it was a boxing match. And he was there with Max Crosby about a month or so ago uh, over at uh, over at the MGM. And, uh, first of all, I like the fact that those two guys were hanging out. I think that's a great role model uh, for a young player like, like Nate Hobbs. Uh, you know, that's, that's somebody you just soak it up from uh, in terms of Max Crosby. That was great to see. But he looked, you know, he's always been in shape. You know, mm-hmm. be, I don't think you could ever have looked at Nate Hobbs and said, "Wow, well, he's not in shape. But there's always things that you can do to improve, as we were talking about, finding the right weight for yourself and the right muscle mass and all that. But he looks like um, he's quicker. And that could also be a product of he's a little bit more confident. And, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a player who, before the injury, was playing pretty well. Uh, But that hand injury took away a lot of what he brings to the table. He's a big, physical-type cornerback that likes to get his hands on you initially. And if you don't have the use of that or, or if you're playing in pain, um, coming back from, obviously, a, a hand injury that suffered multiple fractures in it, you're not going to be the same. And, and so he, he did sur- suffer a little bit of a setback trying to come back from that and, and regain his form. He never quite did. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he can't this year. And if he's healthy, especially with those hands, uh, I think you're going to see the d- dynamic type of a Nate Hobbs that we saw in his rookie season.
1: You know, I, could, I called uh, a healthy Nate Hobbs the X factor for the Raiders, and I also said that Marcus Epps and that leadership that he brings to the table, what he learned in Philadelphia was going to go a long ways for this Raiders secondary. What are your thoughts on Epps and what he brings to the table?
2: Yeah, uh, I really like uh, what, we're, what we're seeing from, from Marcus Epps, and, and one of the things that, that really makes it very intriguing is that we saw this yesterday, uh, Q, and, and today as well, when they can go to uh, the, the three safety look. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really going to be able to free up Trayvon Merrick um, to be used in a way that best suits Trayvon Merrick, more of as a coverage guy, which is what he was uh, at TCU, rather than just always playing, you know, far back as sort of that center fielder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had Marcus, uh, 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 you know, uh, the film uh, uh, guy um, uh, that, we, that we follow. He was on our show earlier this morning, and he was talking about how uh, even against the Kansas City Chiefs, Trayvon Merrick was able to kind of match up pretty well with, believe it or not, Travis Kelsey. It didn't work, you know, when they got in the red zone in that game in Kansas City. But earlier in the game, uh, you know, Trayvon did a pretty decent job in coverage, man on man coverage with Travis Kelsey. And maybe it's with Marcus Epps now in the picture uh, and Isaiah Palomaro kind of growing as a player uh Having those two players and and, and, uh, the young rookie from Georgia as well, that will allow in those three safety looks to use Trayvon the way he's best suited. So Marcus Epps being sort of a jack-of-all-trades back there and also a very smart leader. Uh, that could get things lined up, um, I think that's going to benefit everybody in that room.
1: Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And of course, you can check out all Vinny's work in the Review Journal and hear him every single morning on the Morning Tailgate with Clay and also Lindsey. Wanted to ask you just a couple more questions. How valuable are these reps right now that the quarterbacks are getting from Hoyer to O'Connell to Chase Garbers in the absence of Jimmy G.?
2: Yeah, I think for for the young quarterbacks like Chase and and, and Aiden, uh, it's got to help, right? I mean, that's just more reps for a young player like Aiden making uh, the transition from college to the NFL. And certainly Chase Garbers, you know, uh, himself a young player who didn't get a whole lot of reps being on the practice squad a lot last year. Uh, You know, all that said, um, really wish we could see Jimmy G out out there right now. (laughs) Uh, Obviously can't because of the injury, uh, that moment can't come soon enough, because I think and then also with Josh Jacobs, too, you know, uh, both of those players, because when you watch this offense right now uh, with the Raiders, and granted, it's only in, in, in camps so uh, no worries about a game coming up or anything like that. Uh, but but you can tell, even at, in this setting, there's something missing from this offense, and it's pretty big. Also, Michael Mayer, uh, right. not being able to, to get on the field, and Jacoby Meyer too. So So there's a lot of tools that the Raiders... Uh, assumed to be having at some point that aren't out there on the field, and it's great that some younger players are getting more reps. But I'm really curious and really intrigued, uh, for that matter, on what the offense is going to look like uh, when when it's the full complement uh, of players, including a uh, uh, Hunter Renfro. Because I do think, and I know it's a big if, and that if is capital I, capital F, in terms of Jimmy G's health. But if he is healthy, Q. Uh, there's a lot of tools. We see the tools that are out there, mm-hmm. and all the different weapons that are out there. Even in a in a current state where not everybody is out there, but you can start envisioning what this offense is really capable of doing when they do have their full assortment of players.
1: Yeah, is there any kind of an update when it comes to Michael Mayer and, and his contract, and Jacorian Bennett and his contract? Any update on those guys?
2: Yeah, I think in I think in Michael Mayer's case, if you look at the second round picks in and around him they haven't signed yet so it's not unusual um you know and, and maybe this is what michael, michael mayer's agents doing and maybe even the raiders just see what the guy right before him or right after him signed for and what those contracts look like um so it's really that's not unusual and he's not out there because of the contract uh that's not that's not why he hasn't been out on the field I think he's nursing a little something okay. doesn't appear to be serious He's here every day um, you know, doing everything else, but, but right now the on-field work, and we saw him a little bit in the first couple of OTAs, so liked what we saw uh, from him at, at that point. Uh, and, and in terms of Ja'Korian, who is out there, uh, I think it's probably a bit of a, of a, of a similar thing, just kind of waiting to see some other third-round picks. Uh, or, excuse me, uh, he was a uh, uh, fourth-rounder. Yeah, some right. of the other uh, players in and around him uh, signed before he signed. So nothing... Uh, to worry about everyone that I've talked to, and I, I ask quite a bit, uh, feels like it's just a matter of time.
1: That's that's good to know. That's good because normally those rookie contracts are pretty simple to get done as well. So I yeah. don't really have any concern. But it's you know so it's getting a little bit later. But it, again, it's only June eighth. Well, we'll close out on this, Vinny. Uh, we saw the news or heard the news earlier about Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's being let go. What does that mean for the running back market, and how does that help or hurt the the efforts of Josh Jacobs to get a long term deal done?
2: Uh, I can't see that it would help, that's for sure. Um, right. You know, it's just a tough time to, to be a running back, and, and you know, Dalvin's contract for, for this year wasn't guaranteed. But you look at the number, and it was $10 million that he was going to get ready to pay, be paid this year. And the Vikings were just like, no, we're not going to do that, you know. And uh, and and he's a great running back. He's going to go someplace mm-hmm. and probably help a team big time. I think Miami, you know, looms in there. That's where he's from. Maybe the Boston.
1: I think we lost him. I think we lost him. He must have hit that spot. <laughs> he must have hit that spot. I know exactly where it is. He's probably just driving down Raiders Way right now. And uh, and that's exactly where I lose everyone. I either lose him right there on Raiders Way or on uh, St. Rose. And there's a spot right there on St. Rose next to, I think, Texas uh, Roadhouse. I'm shouting out everything, huh? Yeah, it was right there where uh, where I, I lose perception as well. So uh, there you go. And I know Vinny's probably leaving the facility. So anyway, uh, that, that was that was good. Got got some good uh, good time in with Vinny. And I was wrapping up with Dalvin Cook. And, yeah, I don't see how it can help uh, Josh Jacobs in the long-term deal with the Raiders, uh, him being released. Because, again, he's going to be a guy that, like Vinny was saying, is probably going to end up going to Miami and it's going to be a very reduced contract. And this is the harsh reality of it. That's so what running backs get paid these days, right? And that's the value that they're showing running backs. Not that it's right, but that's what they're showing them. So uh, many thanks to Vinny Bonzanaro. Definitely appreciate him uh, for joining us and kind of putting a, a bow on mandatory minicamp again. OTAs, one more session will be next week, the twelfth to the fifteenth. And I would be shocked if they have a session on the fifteenth. So I'm sure the twelfth uh, and thirteenth, or twelfth, thirteenth, no, thirteenth to fourth, whatever. Two days, <laughs> two days next week. I don't know. Two days next week they'll go, and probably not the third day. That's basically how I'm looking at it. But I do want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Broke.com Text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. Looking at the Raiders and their positions. What is their position of weakness, in your opinion? Position of strength? And what do you believe the Raiders' X factor is? 702-365-9200. brokecom Text sign 69187, keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Many thanks to Vinny Bonsignor who joined us in the last segment, wrapping up mandatory mini camp OTAs are next week, and then it's done deal until training camp. We threw the question out there to you. As far as the Raiders go, what is the position of weakness, position of strength, and X factor? My answers were the linebacker room is the position of weakness as of right now. All this is as of right now, right? We could project later, but right now, As it looks, I feel like the linebacker room is the weakness because I think it's Devine Diablo and then there's everybody else. And everybody else has got to establish who they are. And when they do, then okay, then maybe we could revisit the conversation. But right now, the position of weakness, as far as I'm concerned, is the linebacker room. Position of strength, I think it's a no-brainer that it's the wide receiver room. Right. The the room is just have so many, first of all, it's got so many bodies in it. So that that's that's one thing. And there's a lot of talented dudes in that wide receiver room led by Devontae Adams. So that's my position of strength. X factor, I put a healthy Nate Hobbs, and then I tried to cheat and say Marcus Epps in the secondary leadership he brings over from Philadelphia as well. I do think he's going to be uh, a factor. I'm actually excited after talking to him on Monday uh, kind of what his mentality was, you know, just seeing him in, the, in a – like a podium setting is one thing, just answering questions. But when you actually sit down and have a nice little, you know, nine or ten minute conversation, you can really kind of pick the brain of of someone. You kind of get a little bit better idea. And I just feel like that the mentality that he's bringing to the table and what I've seen out there in OTAs and mandatory minicamp from him, I think is going to go a long way for a very young secondary, which is a good thing. I'm not mad at a young secondary, right? There's, you can have a secondary that's good. But it's getting older, and you realize that okay, at some point you got to, to replace these guys. Well, right now, I mean, you've got a bunch of young dudes in that secondary, which I think, as long as they can learn what they're supposed to be doing and, and 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 be those guys, they can grow with this team for a while, just like the rest of the defense can grow for a while. I know Chandler Jones is is obviously getting older, but you see the the guys that have been brought in, the guys that were drafted, the guys that were signed as free agents. They're pretty pretty young, and if they gel, if they if they're able to figure it out, they can really grow with this defense. Uh, in, in, in for years to come, really. So I'm kind of excited about that. But, again, they've got to be able to come together. So uh, the X Factor for me, a healthy Nate Hobbs. I just think he can do anything in that secondary, but he's got to be healthy. So those are the answers that I have. Would love to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r and I did get a tweet that I wanted to pass on. Uh, NC Raider for Life hit us up and said, uh, Q, the strength, wide receiver. X-Factor, Tyree Wilson, weakness, head coach Josh McDaniels. Oh. And, you know, that's fair right now. Y- you know, I-, I always say I don't mind any of the feedback as long as it's fair. And I think right now that's fair because it's unproven. Right? I, th- yeah. th- I mean, that's the thing. It's unproven. He's-, he's more than proven as an offensive coordinator. But it's- as an offensive coordinator is one thing. As a head coach is another thing. And it's a results-based business. And right now he's got six wins under his belt as a Raiders head coach, and that's obviously not going to do it. And they lost a lot of those uh, those close close games a season ago. And to his credit, he said that pretty much the other day, right? I mean, when Omar Ruiz asked him the question about accountability and and, and buy in from the big time players, he said, "Well, you know, they bought in because we're all looking at each other and we're all we're all figuring out what we did wrong, including me and the rest of the coaching staff." So he took credit for that, and I said it to Omar when we had him on earlier today on the show, I don't think that that was coach speak. I don't think that was just like, oh, I'm going to say it to, to quiet the masses. I think he really believes, hey, I had to look in the mirror, see what I did wrong, identify it, and understand how I don't do it moving forward. So, again, when you say that that's the weakness of the team, I think that's fair until proven otherwise. And if he goes out there and proves it, and they don't lose these one-score one games or don't lose leads that they have uh, like they did a season ago – and all of a sudden everything looks like it's it's clicking like it should, in, in In our opinion, in your opinion, then you can come back and say, okay, you know what? That's not a weakness. But again, it's all about proving it, and I, I think that's what he has to do.
3: I I think you're absolutely right. And something that actually, um, on your point about Marcus Epps even, is the fact that he's searching for responsibility. Like He mm-hmm. wants the responsibility of being a leader, and then McDaniels is taking responsibility for the team's shortcomings. That's something that I... When you say it wasn't coach speak, that's just something that just I respect the hell out of. Right. Like, there's so many people that don't want, like, ah, I don't want that responsibility. It's so I don't easy want to blame someone else. Right. You know? But to, like, seek and go, you know what, you can put that on me, put it on my shoulders— and I'll carry that weight for everyone else.
1: Right, exactly. Again, it's it's real easy, and I said this the other day when we were talking about penalties and talking about uh, referees. It's so easy, and one of the things that drives me crazy is when everyone, whatever the thing is, it's always someone else's fault. It's always someone else's fault. And look, sometimes in certain situations, it might be someone else's fault. But after time, after time, after time, after time, you've got to look in the mirror and take a little bit of responsibility. And so that's exactly what... He did and again I, I don't think that it was coach speak as a matter of fact I want to go ahead and and play this so uh, so I know this is I'm doing this on the fly but I'm gonna go ahead and, and grab this real quick and uh, this is J467 Jared <laughs> We're doing a little production on the air which is fine but this Omar Ruiz from NFL network who was on the show earlier asked the question about buy-in from guys like Devonte Adams guys like Max Crosby that they trust that Joshua Daniels is going to lead him in the right way. And even the free agents, like a Marcus Sepps, who signed a deal with the Silver and Black, how did he get the buy-in after coming off that lackluster season? I think the first thing we all have
4: to do is be accountable, and that starts with me, Um, you know, in in ways that I can do a better job of trying to do my job and help them be a better football team, help them be better players. Um, I think our staff did the same thing, took a good look at ourselves. Um, What can we do better to help? our team uh you know we're in a lot of close games that's been very well documented and you know so when you're in those kind of close games you're always you know fighting to figure out how you can finish them on the right end and so um you know we've we've made some changes that we hope would be for the better um we've also you know been tried to be accountable to our responsibility and role in that and i think being honest with the players and having great lines of communication with them. Is always the right thing to do. Tell them the truth, Um, encourage them. Uh, We have a a great working environment, positive attitude, uh, great leadership on our team. And so we've just tried to feed into that. And, you know, we're working really hard. Uh, We got a long way to go. Uh, Nothing's been accomplished yet, but I think the right things are are at least being attempted at this point in time of the year. And we're going to try to continue to do that here going into training camp.
1: So that was. Coach McDaniels' response to Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network asking about the buy-in from players with the big names, the Devontae Adams, the Max Crosby's, the free agents that they signed in the offseason. How did you get them to buy in when you did not have a good season in 2022? Uh, Six and 11 is the results. And again, I think that hearing what he had to say right there, I don't take that as coach speaking. I'm sure some people do, and that's fine, right? I mean, you're free to have your own... Uh, thoughts on it but I I feel like he was being 100% honest when he said that we have to take accountability and being honest with the players and you know they brought in players that they think can do and operate at the level that they want to do and that's that's all you can ask for and you know every team does it every single team does it every staff does it across the league they all bring in guys they all turn over their roster to a certain extent bring in the guys that fit with what they do and they believe fit with what they do. And that's what this staff has done. Now, obviously, like he said, they're a long way from anything. They've got to wrap up OTAs next week. They got to get to training camp, try to build out that roster, and then they get to preseason, do what they do, and get to the regular season. And well, then we'll start to know if they made the right calls or if they didn't. 2.30 is the time. We'll come back, hear from a couple players that spoke earlier today. Plus, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Don't be broke.com. Text sign is 69187, keyword r This is Radio Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q.
1: 2.35 is the time here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Remember, we're going up until 3, about 25. Then we'll make way. T.C. Martin will take over the wheels of steel, take over the airways, I should say. As we have Aces basketball, they'll be taking on the Sun. The Aces undefeated, of course, defending champions. They beat the Sun just the other day, two, two days ago. Matter of fact, on Tuesday, tip-off is at 4 o'clock. Pregame begins at 3.30 here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll be back here tomorrow afternoon at the regular time, 2 to 5 p.m. as we close out the week really strong, heading to the weekend. So just a little bit of a programming note. Now, we threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r And, of course, you can always give us a call at 702-365-9200 asking about the Raiders' position of weakness, their position of strength, and what you believe the X factor for the Raiders will be, either a player or maybe even a position group. So those are the three questions that I throw out there. This comes off the heels of Gilbert Manzano's SI Now Monday morning quarterback piece that he put out there. Uh, This was actually his idea. He did 32 teams in 32 days. He's still working on it. But these were some of the categories that were in his piece, and it made me think that it would be a good conversation uh, to have here on Raider Nation Radio 920. In a couple of minutes after I go over a few of these texts that we got, we'll hear from defensive tackle Bilal Nichols. He met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, just a couple minutes from him. And uh, he's a guy that is expected to, to to compete in that defensive tackle room. I think it's a very deep defensive tackle room. They brought in some guys. They drafted some guys. I mean, it's deep. He was signed as a free agent a year ago, and he was he was all right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just—I mean, it's basically what it is, right? It's, you're always fair. I mean, Andrew Billings—he was actually good, right? Andrew Billings was good for one year. He's in Chicago now. He wasn't much of a pass rusher, but he was a guy that could stuff the run. And Lincoln Kennedy always says he was a space eater, right? Those guys are yeah. space eaters, where uh, they kind of keep everything clean, so the linebackers can come up and make some some moves. Well, that's good. Make tackles—that that's great. You want that? You want those space eaters? But you also want to get. Uh, some pressure on the quarterback from the defensive tackle position. So we'll hear from Bilal Nichols in a matter of seconds. But I did want to go to the don'tbebroke.com text line real quick 69187 keyword RR. This one's from Sir Whiskey Ray, good friend of the show. Q, good afternoon on this Thursday. I agree with both of your strengths and weaknesses for our Raiders. It's spot on. Our defense on linebacker at the moment needs attention. Our wide receivers, I believe, play a big part in the upcoming season. I expect another big season from Devontae. Our X Factor has to be defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. In a division with Mahomes, Herbert, and now Coach Payton, we need to have a much better defense. Thanks, as always, Q. Have a great show. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. That's a good one. I like the Patrick Graham, right? Because he was tasked. He was a guy that I was a big believer in when the Raiders signed him as a defensive coordinator. I thought, man, this guy, he's he's had conversations about being a head coach in the league. And from the results of what you saw last year, it didn't look like it no he wasn't a guy that they're like oh yeah you're gonna lose him quick yeah you're gonna lose him because he's gonna get fired not because he can get hired by someone else right i mean that's just the reality of it that's what this league is so he's got a lot to prove but something that he's always said that has stood out to me is he just needs the players all right well they went out and got you some players how can you turn this thing around
3: exactly and it's it's funny when you think about it like his scheme makes sense it's just yeah you need very specific guys right. to be able to do that right and so, yeah, maybe, maybe you bring him in with the players instead of going. All right, well, uh, here's a, uh, here's some random pieces. Try to make it work.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and you can't, you know, turn everything over immediately. So I guess that they looked at what they had and said, okay, let's what fits with what we want to do and what doesn't. Right. And so they went in and they went and got a Tyree Wilson. They went and signed a Marcus Epps. They went and drafted a a Byron Young. Right. They went and drafted a Jacorian Bennett. They went and got a Duke Shelley. They went and brought back Brandon Face I mean, there's additions to the defense. Like a lot of people throughout the course of, you know, the draft process, the offseason, everything, the Raiders haven't addressed the defense. Actually, they've done a lot on the defense. They just haven't brought any big name where you're like, oh my gosh, he's gonna be he's gonna change the game. They've actually had a lot of additions to the defense. They really have. But more people are going to talk about the Broncos signing Frank Clark to a one-year deal than yeah. they'll talk about Marcus Epps, Brandon Faison, Duke Shelley, right? Guys like that. Then, 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 but they'll talk about Frank Clark on a one-year deal,
3: right? Yeah, and it's a one-year deal to the Broncos. Who I maybe maybe I've been drinking too much of the Raiders' Kool-Aid since this week's began, but I'm not scared of the the Broncos at all because I no. just it, and I our guests have alluded to this. I don't see this marriage working out. With Russell Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't, like, that's not at all his type of guy. Right, exactly. And so that's going to be interesting to see how that
1: dynamic plays out. And I think that he's got this year, Russell Wilson, that is, has this year to prove he could be that guy with Sean Payton. If not, I think Sean Payton's going to demand some kind of of movement, right? And I don't know what that means, but I think that Russell Wilson's going to have a lot he's got to prove to Denver and Sean Payton that he could be that guy. Uh, Sean Payton's got a long-term deal. He ain't going nowhere no time soon, but I'm sure that they could find a way to move Russell Wilson if need be. But again, that's 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 something that we'll find out sooner rather than later. Also got a text from Jim from Yonkers. He said there are 11 wide receivers on the roster right now, a few to the practice squad. We could get some draft picks if we trade a few instead of just flat out cutting them. Heck, we got a draft pick for Nick Mullins last year. Detroit may need a receiver due to suspensions. Thank you. That's Jim from Yonkers. and Yeah, you're right. Right. And that's a good place, a good position to be in as well. Uh, you're going to see a lot of movement with the roster. And I'm not just talking about the Raiders' roster, but rosters throughout the course of the NFL. You're going to see a lot of that in between the end of OTAs and beginning of training camp. And even throughout the course of training camp, you will see movement, you know, before the final 53 man roster is set. And, you know, if the Raiders decide that, okay, this guy doesn't fit what we do, but he's got a decent contract and he's a decent player, maybe we can, you know, flip him. Like you said, the Raiders got a draft pick for Nick Mullins. Right? I mean that's that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> no. Again, Dave Ziegler, I I like how Dave Ziegler operates, right? He gives he gives the Raiders an opportunity. Does everything work out? Does everything he do work out? No, but it's not gonna work out with every with any GM. Every GM's not gonna hit on every single thing. There's gonna be misses. That's a no doubt about it. But at least at least I feel like he's headed in the right direction and he's he's putting the Raiders in position. To have an opportunity. So yeah, I mean, having that many players in the in the wide receiver room could only be a benefit. Again, it's gonna provide competition. It's gonna make all these guys fight their tail off for their job. Right. Even hell, even Devontae Adams got a little little ankle, you know, tweak whatever yesterday. And me and Vinny were saying, All right, that's good. Just hey, we'll yeah, see you. You're we'll done. See you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you in August, right? Don't need to don't need uh, anything from Devontae. Devontae's out there like, no, nah, I'm putting my helmet back on, I'm getting back out there. Which is what leaders do. I respect yep. the player for that. But I at the same time I kept saying, Ah, it's starting to rain a little bit. You don't wanna slip. You don't wanna do that. Yeah, just shut it on down, man. You don't need to come back next week. I think Devontae Adams job security is pretty pretty good. But he didn't take that for granted. He didn't say, Yeah, I'm Devontae Adams, my job's good, which it is. We know that. Yeah. He could shut it down right now and come back week one and be and be good to go right hey coach i ain't coming back to week 1
3: all right all right yeah. i mean you
1: know what that's the reality of it cuz he's that's thinking good but he wouldn't do that because he's that's that's what makes players great guys right. that respect the the process respect the the practice just like max crosby out there busting his tail he ain't worried about his job but he's out there working each and every day first guy in last guy out the guy that just loves to grind that's who he is that's what the raiders need they need those guys that the other players can follow their lead well if Devontae's out there working if Devontae could work through a little ankle tweak, if Max could work through a little ankle tweak, hell, I better work through an ankle tweak, right? You know, yeah. just like they say, OTAs is voluntary. Eric Allen said that yesterday, he's like, yeah, you better be out there. It's voluntary, yeah. but you better be out there. If you can go,
3: you better go. It's voluntary, <laughs> but you're gonna get a text message like, where you, where, where, where you are you? you? Hey, Doc. Yeah.
1: Hey, man. Hey, we all meet at the facility. Where you at, man? Well, uh, it's not mandatory. <laughs> no, it's not. But it kind of is. Yeah. Right. It's like when you get that email. Hey, is this is this mandatory? I mean, no, it's not not mandatory. It's suggested.
3: <laughs> we're all going to – all of us that do show up are going to go, this guy,
1: this this. Belief. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you had it right. You had it right. You had it right. You were going there. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. <laughs> I like to say this mother, mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where you're going. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And, and that's – like I said, it's understood. When your best players are, are, are doing everything to better themselves – it makes the, I don't want to say worst players, but it makes the guys that are lower on the depth chart realize, okay, if that guy can go, I sure better be able to go, right? Like Lincoln Kennedy says all the time, you can't make the club in the tub. It's facts. It's absolute facts. you got to be out there on the field to go ahead and make it happen. So thank you so much for those texts. We do appreciate you again. You can keep those coming at 69187, keyword r and and the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. I'm looking for the position of weakness, the position of strength, and the Raiders X-Factor. When we come back, you'll hear from Bilal Nichols, the defensive tackle. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
1: Been a fun show so far. Love all the interaction at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Of course, you can always tweet at us as well. At your boy Q254, at RNR 920 AM, and at Jared Justice, and none of that is spelled correctly. J-E-R-E-D-J-U-S-T-U-S, all one word. There you go. I'm going to need you to fix the spelling. No, I'm just kidding. Believe me, as a guy whose name starts with the and there's no U behind it, don't don't, yeah. don't I'm not gonna judge you on spelling your name incorrectly because I've been having people tell me my whole life, "Hey, your name is not spelled correctly." I'm like, "How are you gonna tell me?" I actually had a guy. This brings me to this conversation. I had a guy at Allegiant Stadium. I have my credential on on a game day. I'm about to get into the elevator, head up to the press box, and I have a guy standing in front of me and he's kind of staring at me and you know when you have that look when you know someone's staring at you and you look away from him because you don't want to talk i just knew he was going to ask something dumb right i just i'm serious (laughs) like you could tell you know something dumb is coming so i was like all right i'm gonna look the other way and he won't say anything to me he did it didn't matter if i had turned away and walked away he would have probably came and got me and he looked at me and goes is your name really giant giant yeah with a g and i said no
3: no and he goes and he
1: goes that's what it says on your credential I said it definitely does not and he goes yes it does and I was like okay well I'm not going to argue with you what it says but that's a Q and my name is Keont no well it says giant I said it does not it's a Q and so we literally like he's debating me on the credential if it has a Q or not and I was like look so I put it in his face I was like that's a Q well, it still says giant to me. And I said, well, you're just wrong. <laughs> okay, I'm like, sorry you can't yeah. read. I was like, it's just—it's not its not on me. <laughs> at this point, dog, it's really on you.
3: That's a you problem.
1: Right, you're the one. And so at this point, I'm just like, can I please someone just get the elevator and let him go, and I'll stay here? Like, I didn't even want to go up with him, but I did. The elevator came. I ended up getting into the elevator. We're going up. We get to the, the press box level. He gets out and says, see you, giant. And I was like,
3: "Okay, okay." Uh, I said,
1: "I said, I said the devil's just trying to test me today. <laughs> it's the- it's Sunday, and the, the, the devil's trying to test me today."
3: In the break, you're gonna have to name names. If I don't know him, oh, okay. I don't know who
1: it was. It was some swinging D that was going up to the fourth level. I don't know. I have no idea who it was. That's weird. Everyone I know knows my <laughs> name is not Giant. It didn't make any damn sense. Like, why are you going to – I mean, like, the first time I get it, because maybe on paper real quick, you say, okay, that's what it looks like. I've been called that before. It's not like, you know, it's never been called my name before. But when I correct him multiple times and he keeps telling me that I'm wrong, like, how are you going to tell me that I'm wrong about my name? Exactly. It's been with me for a while. Right? (laughs) It's not like I picked it up last week. Right? I'm going to go to the store and find some weird-ass name that someone can't say. Hmm. Oh, Q's are cheap. Let's get that one. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, It's not like I went to the dollar store, like demanding and Steaks, right? I didn't go there. That's something I've had my whole life.
3: My favorite one, at least with my name, is people insist, whatever my login is, at every job I've ever had, no, nah, no, nah, it's J-A. It's J-A-R-E-D. Right. And I'm like... All right. Well, I've worked here for five years and we just haven't never corrected this.
1: (laughs) No, it's funny. I I, uh, had to double check myself multiple times when I went to send you emails, like early on when I first got here, just because I wanted to make sure I was spelling it right. And I was like, yeah, I am. And then, you know, after I think you said one or two, it's automatically in there. And I was like, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. So now anytime that I question myself and every once in a while I'll, I'll you know, I'll put your name on something and say, oh, Jared's going to like when someone comes in and uses the studio, I was like, yeah, reach out to Jared. He'll take care of you. I was like, man, let me make sure I'm spelling his name right. Just, just because I know that in your head naturally, just like with
3: my name, naturally you put a U after the Q. Well, guess what, Jack? It's not there. Hey, in my defense, I, I don't put the U. I leave the S off the end of your name, last name. Yeah, you
1: know what most people do with my last name is they put an extra E in it, and that is to the the anger of my father. My dad gets very mad when there's an extra when an E, when it's M-E-Y, like Melissa. Melissa's yeah. last name is Meyer, and it's M-E-Y-E-R, and mine is Myers M-Y-E-R-S, but my dad does not like it. He says, man, there ain't no U and there ain't no E. Right, vows were not our friends. Obviously, vowels cost extra money, and we kept them off. Mom's like, ah, I can't afford you. Dad's like, can't afford me. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. Let's put it together. Let's call it a day. That's what we did. Speaking of call it a day, do I got time to play for the hour or hour? No.
3: Um, you.
1: I don't. I don't need to. I can play at the top of the hour. Yeah,
3: we really, we really don't. We got about 90 seconds.
1: What happens when I start telling yeah. stories about my damn name
3: and being accosted in front of an elevator?
1: Right, exactly. And my mom right now, she's sitting there somewhere, thinking your name is beautiful. Your name. Not- <laughs> I spent a lot of time working on your name, boy, and you narrowed it down to Q. And it's so funny. Whenever me and my son are with, with me, and it's funny, we go to the barbershop. He was here just last weekend or the weekend before. No, it was the last weekend. Yeah, it was last week. Anyway, he was here, and we went to the barbershop, and one of the barbers' name is Q. So someone came in and was like, Q. And all three of us looked like, yeah? <laughs> Probably the only time in history, right, outside when my other son was with us all the time, it'd be Q, and all of us would just go, look, when your name starts with a Q, that's just what it is. That's who you are. It doesn't matter if your name is Quincy, if it's Keon, if it's Quintopolis, whatever. You know what I mean? It don't matter. You know, it, it don't matter. Once, it, once you have a Q, it's a wrap. Your name is going to be a Q. It's just what it is.
3: See, and when we first started having you on before you became our uh, awesome boss, <laughs> uh, our wonderful program director, uh, we first had you on, there was a legitimate conversation. The fact that it was Q, we had no issue with. It was... Do any of us feel comfortable enough going with the your boy?
1: <laughs> that's just the homeboy's name. No, I don't. Stephen A. Smith says it every day. I, I always want to hit him up and be like, "Hey, man, why you steal my?" Th-? He's that's how he starts his show every day, and that's right when I turn it off. Holler at your boy. Bye. click <laughs> every day, every single day. I will ba- watch Get Up twice before I watch First Take once. I promise you,
3: I'm done. I just you enjoy go. the like. Do, do do any of us? Yeah, there's a level of confidence to say that. <laughs>
1: No, it's not. It's it, It's it's. Oh, that's overthinking it. That's all right. Everybody and their mother always says, "Oh yeah, it's your boy." So so. Oh, that's your boy. So-and-so. and I just I just roll with it. That was back to uh, when I was a hip hop DJ. Two fifty five is the time. But now Nichols, you'll hear from him next. I promise. As we kick off the next hour. It's Radio Nation Radio. Nine twenty.
0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Caught at the twenty, racing near sideline ten. Turn. Around. Touchdown, Raiders! The
1: crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby.
0: Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q.
1: I'm happy to report that my mom texted me and said my name is spelled correctly. I had no doubt. (laughs) I had no doubt that my mother would say my name was spelled correctly. As it is. Everyone else's name is spelled incorrectly. I don't need a you. I'm interesting. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a different dude. I like being that different dude.
3: Have you ever? There's there was a website. I'm not even sure if it's still around, but it's how many of me? And you put in your name, and it tells you according to the U.S. Census how many of uh, people spell yeah. the name the same way. I went on there one time, and it said one or less people in the United States has your name spelled that way. And I went or less.
1: Nice, nice. Well, I know one has my name. That's my son. He's a junior, so I know he has my name. And I know um, that my older son, Kimani, didn't have a U after his Q because, well, we got to keep it consistent. We got to keep it consistent. That's right. So there's responsibilities in this game. So we have at least a couple of us, (laughs) right? And everyone else, well, it doesn't matter. We got a couple of us. So uh, there you go. So thank you to my mom for confirming that my name is spelled correctly. Uh, Earlier, I saw uh, Tashawn Reed and Vic Taver, both from The Athletic. Uh, tweet out and mention that uh, the Raiders have received no trade offers for one Hunter Renfro, just kind of more putting uh, a little bit of water on that small little fire that's burning where people think that Hunter is going to get traded, and does that mean that they won't ever receive any trade offers? No, but as of right now, they have not. Matter of fact, Deshaun put out a piece on The Athletic through OTAs. The Raiders' most fluid position group has been defensive tackle. Who will emerge? Who can join Bilal Nichols as a defensive tackle mainstay? Speaking of Bilal Nichols, he met with the media at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, a little while ago. Here was that conversation.
4: Mm-hmm. Could you talk about the youth in that defensive tackle room and how you're
1: leading it and guiding it?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, a uh, different group, different group than last year. Uh, definitely exciting time you know uh, getting to work with the guys and you know getting back with each other and building camaraderie but uh you know everybody just been working hard you know and as a dude like you you appreciate that everybody giving it their all day in day out whether it's a rookie vet or whatever the case may be everybody going hard so you just appreciate that
1: Obviously defensive line there's a lot of guys there competing for spots kind of in your opinion what's the line between competing against
5: these guys but also helping them to get the players developing the team um just coming out day in and day out and just not only working hard but also just giving information um you know uh you know uh, i've been blessed enough to play around dudes who uh you know always uh gave me the game and you know wanted to be success wanted me to be successful and you know that's just something that you try to pass along
3: how
1: do you think you can improve upon, you know, last season, obviously, your first 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 year mm-hmm. with the Raiders and then in this game, how do you think you can
5: kind of take another step forward? Um, just coming in, and just continuing to do what I do, Come in here with a mindset to get better and better each day. Um, you know, just, you know, if you could just get 1% better each day, over time it's going to build up and, you know, you're going to be closer to where you want to be.
6: Kind of going off of that,
0: what would you say was the biggest takeaway for you personally these last couple of days?
5: Um, to just live in the moment. Uh, and then just enjoy being back out here with my teammates. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing. Uh, you know, when you go through the off season and you don't really see your guys as much, uh, when you finally get back with them, you just be excited to be back working with them. So I just be trying to live in the moment now and just appreciate the fact that I'm around a bunch of great talented dudes, and I can learn stuff from them and pick their brains and become a better player. You come into a mini camp with certain goals for yourself.
0: Things you want to work out, or What's your what's your approach?
5: To them? Uh, Well, my goal always pretty much stayed the same. It's just to get better. Uh, I just try to just get better and better. Like, I don't ever try to, you know, put anything extra on myself. If you come in with the intent every day to get better and everything you do, you try to do it to the best of your ability and better than you did the day before, then naturally you're going to get better. So I just try to keep that mindset.
4: Well, you haven't had him on the field yet, but the first-round draft pick Tyree, I mean, just the physical specimen he is, the the motor he has, how is he going to impact the defensive line going forward?
5: Uh... You know, it's, it's going to be great. Uh, you, know, we, we, you know, we got a, we got a great group, um, which is everybody in general. Um, you know, it's going, it's going to be great. Uh, like, uh, you know, we all help each other. We all learn from each other. And uh, we all still working to get better and learn each other. So, you know, I think uh, our room overall is going to be solid. Well, what's the best
3: advice you can give to someone who, like Byron Young who's coming in as a rookie and maybe that someone like keen Hicks has gave you over the course of your
5: career? Literally the same thing I've been preaching. Come in every day with the intent to get better. Literally, like those are things that I was taught, and those are the same things that I try to pass down to younger dudes. Just come in with the intent to get better day in and day out, and you will never have to worry about anything.
1: Well, this obviously
4: doesn't apply to rookies, but for you guys, second year in the system, still a lot of guys there. How much has it slowed down now that you understand the scheme and you mm-hmm. can work on the smaller, minor shot?
5: Um, it's definitely a, uh, it's definitely nice. Um, you know, uh, just uh, you know, uh. Like i said being here with my teammates it, it allow you to really like uh, get that chemistry get that bond and just just get that camaraderie with each other you know uh, um you know it, that that definitely makes it easier you know uh and plus when you playing with so many selfless players bro like it make things so much easier for you
1: yeah. there you go i appreciate it bro. there's Bilal nichols the six year vet in the league second year with the silver and black and if you look at that defensive tackle room You got Bilal Nichols and you got John Jenkins. John Jenkins has been around for 11 years. So, I mean, he's been there for a while. But you look at the youth in that room. Matthew Butler was a rookie last year, didn't get a lot of burn. Neil Farrell Jr. didn't get a lot of burn as a rookie. Uh, Nesta Jade Silvera is a rookie. Byron Young is a rookie. I mean, those guys right there, that's a lot of youth. That's something, in my opinion, to get excited about is the fact that if a couple of those guys pop, a couple of those guys pop, I'm – if I'm a betting man, which I'm not, but Byron Young would be a guy that I look at. And then I want to know which one, if not both, of Matt Butler and Neil Farrell Jr. stands out this year, right? Cuz those guys, Jared, you got to get something from them in year 2.
3: Exactly. And actually Farrell is the one that I'm really curious about cuz it could this like it could be something or it definitely could be like a I don't know if you're coming, you're you're going to be here week 1. Right. So I'm fascinated to see what he does in the preseason.
1: Right. The preseason, I mean, training camp, all, all that's going to be very important for all these guys. But even if you expand and just look at the defensive line room, I mean, it is, again, you have expanded rosters. You're at 91 guys right now. Only 90 count against your your your, your, your roster that you have, and you're obviously going to cut down a lot of players. But, man, I mean, Max Crosby, Candler Jones, Malcolm Kuntz, Adam Plant, George Tarlis uh, Tyree Wilson. Those are all edge rushers. Those are just the edge rushers. Right. And of course, like I said, you have multiple guys because you're going to make moves. You're going to, you're going to trim this thing down. Uh, David Agoha, that's the uh, international player. That's the one that doesn't count against the, uh, against the, the roster right now. Uh, Adam Butler, defensive line, Jerry Tillery, they re-signed him. He's a five-year vet. Jordan Willis, he comes over from, uh, San Francisco. I think he's going to be able to provide something. Uh, you know, it's just like, that's a deep room just on the defensive line in general. And you know, I was talking about how deep the wide receiver room is, and, and, and it is, you know, 11 guys in the wide receiver room right now. That's going to be a lot of competition, but I think this defensive line is going to show a lot of competition as well. Who's going to stand out? Who's going to be the ones that you could depend on and who's not? I think that that's going to go a really long way. So uh, that that's, like I said, that should be interesting. And then the edge rushers, when you have guys like Crosby and Chandler Jones that can help teach these guys, Malcolm Kuntz is a guy I'm interested in. I really want to see what he's going to be in year three. I liked him a lot coming out of Buffalo. It's rookie year. He popped a little bit last year. He didn't do anything. Nothing, (laughs) nothing. Right. And so, you know, a lot of that is new scheme. A lot of that is, you know, the, the, the defensive coordinator, defensive line coach didn't trust who was out there. And and on top of that, after last year, the defensive line coach got fired. the, The defensive line coach that they had last season was Frank OCam. You know, how does that change? Right. How does that change the game now? Because they weren't, they. I mean, they got rid of the guy for a reason. They got rid of him because they didn't. They didn't like what he was doing as far as the way that he was helping develop, uh, you know, these these defensive linemen. So that's interesting because when it comes to Frank OCam, I knew him when he was Baylor's defensive line coach, and he was really good in college. Matt Rule took him to Carolina when Matt Rule got the job in the NFL, and he ended up firing him. Why did he fire him? And that's his friend. Why did he fire him? Because he didn't help develop the defensive line like he was supposed to. So what does the defensive line look this year under Rob Leonard, who's a guy that really nobody's talking about, but he's a guy that if you go back and look at kind of his history, he's helped develop some dudes, right? So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people don't really think about that part of the, you know, that when you think of defense, you just think of Patrick Graham. Well, there's kind of a lot of assistants that they can, they can help mold these guys as well. So when you look at that deep defensive line room and now you have a new voice in that defensive line
3: room, how does that change the game? And there's always the juxtaposition of going from college to the pros of you you may be able to develop a 18 to 20-year-old. These are grown men, though. Right. Like, they they get paid to do this, and so you can't go, okay, after practice, I need to talk to you individually. It's like, no, after practice, they're not getting paid, so they may need to go somewhere. Like, it's a completely different level of communication, and I almost wonder— that if the reason Max has been doing, like we were told, you know, he's working out during the Shrine Bowl, he's the only one in the building, that Mm -hmm. might have come out of a, you know, I'm not getting what I need from the person who's supposed to be teaching me, so I guess I'm going to do it on my own.
1: Well, I think a lot of that is just working out as well, you know, just in the weight room and everything. But, I mean, Max is a guy that I don't think it matters who coaches him. I mean, he's going to just keep taking his game to the next level. He always talks about how much he learned from Rob Marinelli. He brings up Rob Marinelli all the time. He's like, man, Coach Marinelli really helped mold me into who I am. And sometimes that's all you need. You need one guy. I say it all the time, and you met him. I I learned everything I need to know from David Smoke. I don't have to work with David Smoke ever again. I would have no problem working with him again, but I would don't have to work with him ever again to keep pushing myself like he would push me like if he was right here. I mean, and you saw you saw yeah. you saw him when he was in the Super Bowl. Like that's that's my guy, right? That's yeah. my guy, and that's who helped make me who I am. And I'll always, I don't care where I work or who I work for, it'll always be like, yeah. But David Smoke did that. Right. Yeah. You know, like he's the one that I'll always reference. Max Crosby will always reference Rod Marinelli. And that's just how it is. You know, people will always reference the person who really made that biggest impact in, in, in their lives, whether it's just in their lives personally or even professionally. So I think that Max is just cut differently, man. He's just that different dude. Right. I mean, he's he's one of those guys where he's going to teach. He's going to teach a lot of these dudes. I'm sure some of these coaches will even look back like, damn, that guy's that guy's a monster. He makes it happen, but you know, looking at some of these assistant coaches, you know, Chris Ash, defensive back coach, we actually had a text about him yesterday. Uh, He's a guy that I remember him when he was at the University of Texas. He he can you know he he can bring it. Uh, Jason Simmons, he's defensive backs uh, passing game coordinator as well. So those two work hand in hand. Antonio Pierce, linebackers. I said that that's the you know that's the the weakness of the team right now. He he's he's a guy who's been there, done it at the highest level. So if anyone could, in my opinion, could help get the most out of these linebackers is probably a guy like like AP.
3: Yeah, and that's that's a huge um that's a huge like teaching tool also is l- being able to go, okay, well I've done it, right? So if you would like to learn how to do it, I've done it. So that's something that's going to be huge in the development. I'm very curious um especially considering he's a converted linebacker. What the like differences in terminology going from like one coach to a different one for and Diablo? Like yeah. that's something I'm really curious about. You
1: know, the thing is, last year uh, Antonio Pierce talked about Diablo a lot and how he's just he's like, there's when I was uh, playing in the league, there weren't there weren't linebackers that were built like that guy, right? Just yeah. the, the whole the whole. Uh, what he brings to the table as he was a guy who was a safety converted to a linebacker. Antonio Pierce was very high on divine last year and he led the team in tackles until he got injured. And once he got injured, he never returned. So he's got to stay healthy. I like the fact that he bulked up though, put some muscle on, put some exercise on. They're calling him big swole right now. I like that. He did that because that shows that he wants to be able to stay on the field. He wants to be the guy. He wants to take his game to the next level. Again, that's going back to what you could do for yourself. You know, it's always about what you do, you know, by yourself when others aren't watching or when others aren't coaching you up or teaching you or saying you have to do this. What do you do just naturally? It sounds like Devon Diablo really put a lot of work in in the offseason to come back to you know with the body shape that he has. So uh, I think that that should go a long way. Again, we'll learn a lot about these guys coming up in training camp. One more text, and then we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back and we'll hear from Brandon Faison, who also talked to the media a little while ago, said uh, this is from the 209, just joined the show, but right now I can say our strength on the team is our offense. Our weakness is the middle linebacker positions. I feel like the last few seasons, the defense keeps getting beat, especially on third and long situations. So hopefully that gets cleaned up. That's from the 209. And, yeah, the offense is definitely the strength. Uh, the, weak, the weakness has always been in the middle of the field, like like you said. And that third and long seems like it's always right over the middle, wide open, third and nine turns into first first and ten after a 15-yard gain or something. It's just it, – it's it's that – that area between Trayvon Merrick and the back end of the linebackers, it's just like there's such a gap, and that's got to be sealed up, man. It's got to be better. Trayvon Merrick can't play warning, warning track power. He can't play on the warning track anymore. He's got he's to come up a little bit. Maybe that's where Marcus Epps steps up. We saw a lot of three safeties on the field uh, yesterday in OTAs, and Vinny mentioned it, or mandatory minicamp. Vinny mentioned it earlier that he saw that as well. Maybe there's going to be more three safeties on the field and, and try to eliminate that soft spot. Right there in the middle of the Raiders defense. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. We'll come back, get your texts, get your calls. We'll close out the show as we got Aces basketball on the way. What is the Raiders' position of weakness right now, position of strength, and what do you think the Raiders' X factor is? 69187, keyword RR, 702 365 9200. That plus Brandon on when we come back. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920. If-
0: it's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Just got a few minutes left in today's shows. We're going to make way for Aces basketball. They take on the Connecticut Sun. They're undefeated on the season. Had a really close game with the Sun just a couple days ago. Looking forward to what they do this afternoon. Of course, T.C. Martin will be on the call. The broadcast begins at 3.30, and tip-off starts at 4 o'clock. Mailman Raider hit us up on the Don't Be Bro... No, he hit us up on Twitter, excuse me, and said, I know Jimmy G ain't Matt Schaub, but could we see O'Connell beat out Jimmy in preseason like Carr beat out Schaub? Uh, that's hit up on Twitter at your boy Q two five four and of course at R and R nine twenty A. M. And no, I don't see that. As long as Jimmy G is healthy, uh, he's gonna be the quarterback. As long as he's healthy. I could see O'Connell giving him a little bit of a push, but they they're not going to sign Jimmy G and agree to a deal with him and then and then just say, Yeah, no, you know what? The rookie's gonna beat you out. I, I don't see it happening. Now I could be pleasantly surprised, I guess, if he goes out there and balls out and if he does ball out, I think everyone will say, Okay, he needs to be the guy, but I don't really see that happening at this stage of the game. I think this is Jimmy G's team, as long as he's healthy, at least for a year, and then you go from there. What do you think, Jared?
3: Oh, I I think that the whole reason you bring in Jimmy G and then you bring in a Brian Hoyer is because that these guys know the system, so that when Aiden O'Connell's in the meeting room, he basically has two teachers.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, I just I just don't see that happening, but uh, that was a hell of a way that, that Carr beat out Schaub, and Schab's arm was dead. I mean, when he when oh. the when the Raiders signed him, his arm was done. Do
3: you remember those last couple games of his Yes, I was Where, in was Texas. He, well, he was just a pick machine. Yeah, he threw a pick six they, every
1: game. They had a hamburger joint in Houston that literally had the Matt Schaub burger called the pick six. And I mean, seriously. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You can do <laughs> it. No, that's just great. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was the talk. Ta- that's how we talked about the Texans at the time. Well, because it was always talking about the Cowboys, but, but when we do talk about Houston. Let's talk about Matt Schaub and the fact that he's a pick six waiting to happen. So, yeah, I couldn't believe that they had signed him to that deal anyway. I couldn't believe Big Reggie agreed to a a deal with him. And I was happy to see Carr beat him out because I already knew what the hell was coming if Matt Schaub was behind center. And it was not good things. It was not good things at all. Real quickly, I know we're not going to get all of it, but I wanted you to hear a little bit from Brandon FaceOn. He met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Here's a couple minutes of
6: that conversation
5: with cornerback so far throughout OTA
6: What's the competition been like so far specifically? Man, competition has been great. Um, You know, we're really just trying to just work on just, you know, gelling together as a group, um, just getting better every day, pushing each other. You know, trying to figure out the ins and outs of everything, and um I think it's been been pretty good so far.
1: Even though a lot of your teammates in the secondary that were here in your first state here kind of still here, like Nate, in- House like that. How different is it going against a completely different receiving quarter every day of practice?
6: It's different, but it, um, you know, it's good. It, it generates a good, wealth, I mean, healthy uh, competition, and you know, it's sometimes that that happens. A lot of times that happens. So, um, it's just something you kind of have to adjust to. And, um, you know, like I said, it's great work every single day. It's good to go against different receivers. Um, You know, I I, I enjoy going against, like, Tay and all those guys, and I'm sure we all do. Um, You know, they're doing a great job on the offensive side, and, um, you know, we just look forward to competing with them every single day. Brandon, when you
4: were here, you were a great teammate. You loved it here, so I I don't think you really wanted to go. So what was it like when they called and said, hey, you want to come back?
6: Man, um, it was surreal. It was uh, a different type of feeling. And uh, my agent called me, and and he said those exact words, and my face lit up. Um, you know, it was uh, I had a great a great time here when I was here in 21, and um, just looking forward to making new memories with these guys this year in 23, and you know, just keep it pushing. Clearly,
1: you, there's no pads. You can people judge way too much before that happens, but just work ethic. Thoughts on Ja'Cory and Bennett?
6: Oh man, he's doing a great job. Um, you know he's come in and and really and really just bought in um learning every single day and um you know he's asking us questions and you know he's doing a, a a great job um i'm sure he's he's feeling uh like he's doing pretty good himself and you know we're just happy to have him here and um you know any way we can help you know with his development or anything like that you know he's he knows he's always welcome to ask and ask any question he needs to and you know we're looking forward to having a good group this year for sure
1: Brandon Face on right there from earlier at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, wrapping that thing up, talking about the rookie Jacorian Bennett. That's going to be a guy to pay attention to in training camp as well. Real quick, from the don'tbebroke.com, text sign 69187, keyword RR from Just Win Wendy. Hey, Q and Jared, taking a larger view. Weakest area is defensive cohesiveness. Young defensive line, new linebackers. Strongest is wide receivers. x new long snapper. Ooh, Just Win Windy got us with a good one to close things out. New long snapper. Aces basketball's on your radio next. TC Martin on the call. Aces and the Connecticut Sun on Radio Nature Radio 920.